Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips. This question has had me having nightmares. <laughs> Why is that? It just, it just reminded me of a certain scenario that I was thinking, I, I, this is why I don't believe it's true, why I believe it's false because of this scenario. And then I've been having nightmares about this scenario last night. <laughs> oh, gosh. Do you want to tell us what the scenario is or is that? Um, it wasn't, it's nothing, it's nothing major. It was just a dating situation um, where it was over a long period of time. It's probably over like two years. I kept seeing the same guy on this, this thing on the websites and we never really talked to each other. Um, and then we got talking somehow. Um, I was like a bit not sure about him, but we got talking and it was really weird and taking ages to text back and all the rest of it. Um, but days, like three days, four days, sometimes to message back. So I just let it fizzle out and then didn't see him, speak to him again for like another year or something and completely had forgot about the other time. And then we'd kind of arranged to meet up and then he just ghosted at the last second. And then we'd not actually arranged to meet up. It was just kind of like, do you want to meet up? And then again, about a year later, started talking again on a different website um, and he seemed a lot more interested this time, more chatty, you know, getting to know me more and all that sort of stuff seemed interested. So I was like, okay, let's meet up. And this time I'd arranged a babysitter, I was about to leave and everything, and he just didn't respond. So I just didn't, just deleted him off my phone and whatever, and then left it at that. But I think that was kind of one of them treating me to keep him keen. And I think he thought that that was going to keep me hooked in and I just let it fizzle out and then he kept liking me on the thing as well afterwards kept because he must have premium so he kept liking my account and liking my and I just just left it left it fizzling out because I'm not playing I'm not there to play games but I mm. think that was one of them scenarios treating me to keep him keen I, I was what just looking before at some of them and, and there was I don't know if I still got the page open now it's gone but it was um this one recommends you take four hours minimum to reply to a text. Um, you only see them once a week for the first yeah. month. Um, and all these. Well, oh, this is, is this is advice to be able to treat someone mean. To keep them interested. Yeah. yeah. All right. But do you, what do you think, Estella? Do you think that works? <laughs> I think that it's getting more and more complicated to make things work because there's so much, so much, so many fishes in the sea, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how to put it, but I'm not very good at playing those games. To me, those are games and I don't know. I did do it for a little while, but I tend to kind of date guys that kind of go with the same perspective as me. So we are both honest and there is like uh, it's consistent behavior so if a guy doesn't text me for three or four days I just unmatch them or whatever it is because mm. it should be consistent and it's not showing me any respect because if he's busy I'm busy too so I'm really bad at that but I do believe that sometimes you do have to play a bit like be a bit mean to keep them keen uh, so 
I did do that, like with the guy that I'm dating at the moment. Um, there was consistency when we were talking, but I was not always available to meet up. So I tried to keep a little bit of a balance there, but it's really hard. I don't really know how to explain, but I, yeah, I do think there is a bit of a playing games. So, so what did you do to, in terms of playing games? Uh, I, um, I playing games. It's just like, I think when we begin to get, to get interested in someone, it's really easy to just like shut everything down and just focus on that. And you've at the got first to live your life, haven't you? Yeah, it's just like at the first message we get, we hear that someone's like, oh my God, it's him. Let me reply. And I was like, no, just tame yourself. That's not Finish what you're games, doing. Though. That's just putting yourself in check. Yes, but at the same time, if it was the old me, I wouldn't think about it. I had to go through bad experiences to kind of okay, hold on, no, finish what you're doing or go and do this first and then come back and reply. So I changed my behavior. If it was so, anybody else, or say it was a family member or a friend messaging you, if you're busy, you're going to put your phone down and message them back later anyway. No, it really depends. I'm normally quite on it. I don't always have my phone with me. And at work, I probably, they know that I probably won't reply straight away. But I try to reply as soon as I can. Um, so I'm I not did good change. At multitasking, so I'm always like, oh, I need to focus on this. Yeah, I do, I do multitask quite a lot. So I, I can do that. But, and I work with my phone with me. But sometimes I really have to ignore it and just focus. I, I carry, always carry my personal phone and my work phone with me. I have to work with my phones on all the time. So I will see it, but I choose to reply or not. And uh, yeah, I don't really know. I'm really bad at playing games, but to me, um, it has to be a bit of that. I was more conscious about what I was doing, I think, of the, okay, hold on, because if I reply too quickly, mm, it might read this into, okay, she's very available, yeah, because those, those are the things that we hear a lot. I don't think it goes very well when you, um, when any of us move too fast, like dead, yeah. dead excited. Yeah. Um, I think it's better to sort of take things more of a natural pace and just, yeah. I don't necessarily see it as games, but just, it's just more of a natural pace. Yeah, but I see, I say this because I'm saying about, it's really hard, I find nowadays to have a proper conversation through a chat. For example, where, um, where in the past it was normal, like, okay, uh, oh, he texted me. And after like five minutes, I would text back and then we would have a conversation. Now it's pretty much like, okay, text this today, reply, but tomorrow we will send another text. It's a, re it's a bit hard to like keep with that pace. I know because you, you end up not having a proper conversation. And yeah. how are you going to really develop some interest that you will go on a date or something like that yeah just, not available at the same times yes so that's that's I think that some women are better at that than others and then at the same time why is it why do I feel that but guys don't really feel that I don't know because I had guys that would reply straight away if I messaged they would reply straight away I don't think it's a feminine or masculine thing that's, I think it just depends on the person 
Um, it's just some people are a bit more like, oh yeah, we need to not message you back straight away. Some like really believe that they have to kind of like hold back and wait. Hold and back others a are bit. just like, yeah. I'm a bit more natural about things. And then there's some that will be like incessantly texting you every second they get. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa. I was um, just wondering if, if women feel that pressure more than men do. Or if it's know. just no one thinks no. about it and it's just go with the flow. <laughs> No, I think it's I think it's both. I think men also get the same advice from some people, um, but I think I, I think definitely like you. I think the the part where it has some validity is if you're. I think there's there's like you're like being authentic, but then there's also like there's the core of who you are, but then there's also. Um, we live in a society with social creatures and there's this social pecking order and there's like a, um, we look at people in terms of like social value um, and the higher status is more attractive. Mm. And so there is something that how you act, how you behave shows people like your your way where, where you are sort of in a pecking order and people are watching for clues um oh. and if you if you're willing too willing to please too willing um like to give up everything then it seems that you have low social value yeah um but i i think where it becomes false is like i'm not going to reply i've got you know i'm going to set my timer for four hours um, I think I think you have to have a certain level of momentum. Yeah. Um, and for me, like if someone's a long time texting, um, it's uh, just uh, you know, like you can't. There's no like spark to work off. Um, and so I, I personally, I would be less interested. Or, or if yeah. I feel someone's playing a game, then I just like completely lose yeah. interest. That's what I mean. Like, I'm not good at playing games. I found myself, what I changed was that maybe on the beginning, because I, I started online dating for like two years ago, I think. And it was very on and off because I'm not very patient. I don't know how to play games. If people would uh, text me, I would reply to them. If I was free, I was free. And I also had the, the unfortunate event of most of my friends went away. Um, so they moved back to their countries or they moved to other cities. So I had more time in my hands and I don't think that gives me less value. I don't have less value for that. It's just the way things worked out. Now, it, it's not necessarily that there's less value, but we're looking like chimps yes. do it and all animals do. They look in like, you, like if you have a dog, you have to yeah. make sure that you're, you're seen as the, the leader. Yeah. Um, so it's not that you have less value because of that, but it's that there are certain unconsciously we judge. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm I think, conscious of it and it does my edge in. <laughs> <laughs> consciously and unconsciously. But I think there is, um, there is a little bit of like, if we know we can have something, um, then we're going to sort of strive for the next thing. And I think people are in dating are sort of striving for the best that they can get. And yeah. so there is, 
it's, it's not that you have less value or that it's just that that would play some of the unconscious triggers mm-hmm. but I don't, yeah. I don't there is some research that they did there was um well there's research both ways um but it's it's found that people who play games attract partners who play games mm-hmm. um and so they have less um it's the more authentic you are is the best long-term dating strategy because Stella, in your situation though like you know you said you were worried that people would think that you're you've not got a life or whatever it is you said you are busy though you're in work you're doing this you're doing that but you're choosing but that's to message what people them don't back. know but then i guess it's not trying to worry worry less about what they might be judging you as yeah. but i think i tamed myself a bit they've... i don't think I don't think I changed into playing games. That's not what I meant. I think that I became more conscious about putting myself first and just finishing what I'm doing and then replying. So I'm not counting the time to reply. And Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. I'm dating this guy for almost three months. So I'm not doing that. And I did not do that. Um, But I was just very aware that I needed to do my things first because, and this was due to past relationships where I had, I think I am, I give a lot, if I like someone, I do, I like to do nice things for them. And it's not the first time that I would, I would hear a guy say that they had me for granted. And that to me was quite, excuse me, was quite insulting. And of course the relationship didn't carry on. So... To me, it's just like I had to learn from a really bad relationship to kind of put myself first. But it's really hard <laughs> to kind of keep a good, normal balance to it. And, yeah. um, and to me, it was more that like I am still interested. I still want to have a co- good conversation with you. Uh, but I will do this first. Or I am going and do that first. Whatever. And then I'll reply. And... Um, and at the same time, I would give probably a better reply after I had done those things yeah. because I would be more focused on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and things ended up working all right, but it's just, but I had, but I had the same happening to me where someone was always texting, always very keen, and in the end of the day, they were playing games anyway. It's really hard to read into people. I could read what was going on. It took me a little while, but I, I did get the, where we were going. But it's just really difficult. But yeah, I just kind of, I think it was not me playing games. It was just me like kind of prioritizing me, not getting too involved too soon and just kind of taming myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, think, I think there's something... I think there is something that the like your value comes across in the sense of you not um, not accepting less. I think there's a, there's a principle I have that people will give you the minimum that you'll accept, mm-hmm. um, and there's like being able to, if you want to call it, set boundaries and. Um, say that I'm not going to accept anything less 
Is that generally speaking, though? Because if somebody wants a certain standard for themselves, regardless of what other people are going to give them or not give them, they're going to still try to hold to their own standards of themselves, though, right? With some people. Yes. Um, yeah, so, so, so it's, it's being able to walk away from something that doesn't... Fit right. Yeah, isn't going to treat you right. Like, there's a level that this is what, I, this is what I'll accept. Um, and I won't accept anything less. And then people will generally rise to it. Some won't, but then they, they were never going to be. Um... Do you know this concept of somebody rising to something? I think you mentioned this last week and it's kind of like been on my mind a little bit. Because I always feel like if they're rising to what your bar is for them, then they're not doing it for themselves. They weren't right. They didn't have their own bar set. They're not do on their own. I believe that, that people will only change if they want to change. So I don't believe that people will change because you ask them to. So if they try to rise to your standard, they are actually doing it because they want to. Yeah, but is it because they want a relationship with you and then once because you're in a they value enough. Drops. I think because they value enough for that and they care about you enough for that. I don't know. I'm so confused by this concept. But I yeah. find really hard to like set the boundaries and like the kind of where you want them to meet you because sometimes you have a very clear conversation about it and then they say yes they understand and they will try and figure that out but then in the end they don't and that's when I think that the boundaries should speak louder than words yeah it's really that's... hard to then <laughs> process actions have to over over the what's the word for it the actions have to be what you're basing your judgments yeah. on not the words that's the thing hmm. I, I i think i think if you think about it like um i don't do, do you work out do you watch what you eat or anything like that yeah or, or, so mm -hmm. um do you do it from pleasure or do you do it from the cost of what it will be if you don't i do it for longevity yeah for, i want good yeah. good long health good good all that sort of yeah. stuff but it's not it's from the love of the exercise itself no it's just <laughs> to look after myself yeah exactly so like if you didn't if there wasn't that like cost if you didn't do it you probably wouldn't moderate like for me i would eat all the chocolate i would i wouldn't work out um it makes you feel groggy after a while though yeah exactly and that's why um and like like i've got into yoga since lockdown and i do it because if i know if i don't do it i'm sitting around and i'm gonna get my back's gonna hurt shoulders gonna be stiff so i work out because i know otherwise it's going to cause problems yeah you're reaping the benefits from it yeah, yeah and and again like you like you say when i eat a lot of sugary things i can feel and i i feel like if i carry on like that then there's going to be consequences um and so the only reason I don't is because of the fear of, of how I'll feel otherwise. And I think it's the same with people that people will naturally go for comfort, will naturally go for what's easy. So it's, it's about discovering what the person really wants and if they're open to encouragement towards that getting what they want that's a part towards part, it partly but it's it's the the act of of being in a relationship 
means that you have to work together. It means you both have to, I don't want to say compromise, or I don't want to say sacrifice, but you have to grow. You have to grow into being able to accommodate both of you. And that... I'm too, I'm too used to being on my own. This is so hard. I'll get there eventually. I'll work out. But it actually makes you a better person. Yeah, no, obviously. It's like definitely. working out makes you a better person because you feel better. For, for me, it's, it's finding that fine tuning of where's, where do you accommodate for the other person and where, do you know what I mean? Um, where it makes you better. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah. Yeah, but then at what point does it become a deal breaker if they're not happy with a certain standard of lifestyle? That's um, that's what you you have to work out is where the where the deal breaker like can you can you live with each other the problems that you have being together? Can you resolve okay, them yeah, yeah. or not? And Knowing the problem's going to be there, is it something I could live with so, long term? Yeah. Like, can you understand what the source of the, of the problem is? Understand and, and like, there's going to be things that, you annoy, that annoy you about each other, but it's understanding, okay, they're doing this because this is how they are. I'm not, like, uh, most people would be like, they shouldn't do that and they want to control someone. But it's like, I understand that's who you are and I love you for who you are. And so, um, you know, I, I accept that. Yeah, because there's things that they will be able to change, but I think other things we have to adjust and kind of be understanding of because we are not perfect either. So they will have to accept certain quirkiness yeah. about us or whatever it is. Yeah, so I think we should change. Um, we should change the things. Like when when someone brings it to our attention, it's either something where we we're like dropping below the line. Like here's the line of the best partner we can be, um, and the best person that we can be. And if they're saying like, you, "Right, I don't want you to see your friends," well, that's that's not reasonable. If they're saying, um, "I don't want you to do that." Um, because I want you to spend the time with me. That's not reasonable. But if they're saying, um, um, like, I don't know, you're, um, you're, you're not treating me as well as you could or in whatever way, um, you know, like I want um, you to take me into consideration or something like that, then that actually is you being a better person, better partner and so that's the way that it makes you like the the only the way because being single is you only have to please yourself and then it becomes exponentially more complicated when you include someone else so you have to rise to that standard in order to make the relationship you both do it's not like one person has to accommodate but you have to work out what the relationship is going to be like and that's going to mean in some ways that you're going to be need to be a better person better partner and so are they and it's what where do you where are you more understanding where do you give more 
Oh, I just feel like I have so much to learn still because I'm finding like it's easier to break up sometimes than to just process everything in a relationship. And because of the fear of like being disrespected or not having our my needs met and all of that and how to work things through because of all the past, because of all the past experiences and not wanting to go through those things again. Um, so I find it hard when I go, I find something about the person that I cannot quite, it's a, I feel like sometimes bringing it up because it might just make them go away. But at the same time, maybe have less value to, in their eyes if I kind of give them a second chance. Does that make sense? So I prefer it, it to does, just run away. Are you, are you running from fear or because it's the right thing to do? That's what I don't know sometimes. Yeah, I understand that. Because, I got stuck there a lot for a long time and still yeah. do it. Because, for example, and I can, t I can share this, like uh, the guy I'm dating, I pretty much left his house one night. Uh, I was going to stay over, but I just felt like I, need, I needed to leave because in my head, it was like I was leaving the same thing that I lived before. And my brain was just saying, okay, we need to get out of here. So and it was it was really nice. He was understanding. He wanted to talk and everything, but I just felt like I can't do this right now. I need, I need to go home, and I just left because of that fear of, okay, why is this happening? What have I done now that is leading for for us to be like this, like accommodating a bit? So it's it's really hard with trauma though because of there's some when, if if there's something that's triggered our trauma. So this one little tiny thing that they might do that isn't they, that doesn't necessarily mean they would ever treat you in a way that you've been treated in the past, yeah. but that might trigger you to thinking that this bad thing's gonna happen again. Yeah. So then you start feeling exactly how you felt then, and sort of you're living, um, reliving your trauma. Um, but when that's happening, it's very difficult to work out, am I just reliving my trauma or is this actually the way that this is heading? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. But it's, it's still really hard to, to judge. It is. I had to, to take some time and kind of think, okay, why am I feeling like this? And I, I totally see why I reacted that way. But my fear still it's still there that it might lead me on the same path and yeah. relive what I have lived before. So it's I think really the only hard. solution to that would be is to try and be in a, to, to find, um, to know the safe, um, oh, what do you call it? You know, like these red flag, flags, Rob, there's also like safe mm. flags. Do you know, so to try and find, um, to see the this warning signs that they're actually a safe person, if that makes sense. Um, there's a book I read called The Safe People, mm -hmm. um, which was quite good. Um, so you're able to then identify certain behaviours that tell you that this is a safe person. Yeah. Um, and then... 
it's just to be able to start opening up about the things like you are towards to them and seeing how how well they communicate with you around that that would be another good way i say all this i've not got that far myself yet <laughs> it's good to know those things though it's good <laughs> thank you it's always easier to say than to do yeah still but, in the process but i think it, it sounds from what you're you're saying it sounds like your fear it's like your fear i think you have to give people i think first of all you have to obviously you have to heal and you have to trust again but when you're dating you have to give people a chance to show you that they can't be trusted like you have to give them the benefit of the doubt but if you never like if you jump before, you're never going to know if you can trust someone or not. But I think, I think it's, what's really important is that you, you date. Okay. Other than being in a physical situation where, um, like you have no control because it's, it's from force. When, if it's, if it's something that emotionally, then it's about over-investing or it's about letting yourself be changed, be controlled. Um, and if you, I think the, the thing that you need, we need to do is to, to go into relationships and being um, unwilling, um, like the relationship doesn't matter as much as you matter. And when you hold to that and not let anything um, come in as, as higher value than that so that you don't lessen yourself for anything, then you can just play out the relationship and then you can see how people are. I think you have to watch people's, watch what people do, not what they say. And then you'll find out. And some good advice is just don't sleep with him. <laughs> just don't do it. But as when soon, I... soon, if, you, if you do that, then that's just going to hook you straight into the relationship and then you won't be able to get out. But I was thinking... Um, what, why is that? You feel more bonded? It definitely does. It's a scientific fact. Yeah, no, I know, I know it does, but um, <laughs> I, I think it, it has more of an impact for women. Yeah, um, maybe. Don't know. But yeah, it's like still, it's still for I think for both, isn't it? It's still um, that connection in in whatever way it is, and there's still that release of dopamine or whatever it is. Yeah, oxytocin. Oxytocin. Um. So even even for a man, Rob, right? Say he doesn't doesn't isn't interested in a woman, and it's purely about sex for him, right? He's still going to. It's not. I'm not saying it's not going to be a one night stand, but for some men, it'll just even if it's just about sex, they still keep going back though, don't they? Yeah, that's the yeah, on. For whatever I, reason it is, they're still then hooked in in this bad relationship, just like the woman's still hooked into this bad relationship. 
See, I, I think... I think it depends on how you view sex and, and how there's the whole cultural thing and personal like interpretation. So for some men, some men want, um, it's kind of like quantity um, and they'll feel like, Oh, right. That was a challenge. Now I've, I've, um, you know, like I, I've, I've slept with her now on to the next one. So some men, don't have that i know there is a scientific fact that when oxytocin um but in that situation sorry but in that situation the woman isn't going to isn't going to be dealing with all the relationship the relationship the relationship because he's already gone does that make sense or do you get You, you mean that's easier for, I'm, I'm not just it's easier it's not easier I don't know it depends on the woman but what I'm saying is that it, you're I kind of think that I don't know I'm, I'm just I'm talking to you generalized it actually does depend on the person but I think men can get hooked in just as women can get hooked in but from different perspectives or for different reasons yeah I mean yeah definitely men can get hooked in um what I've seen men get hooked in because it's the first woman that's shown interest in a while or, or she's really pretty and they think that they're um, never going to get anyone else like that. It tends to be that dynamic that I've seen. I'm talking more from the oxytocin perspective though. Like, I mean, I mean, I know it means different things to the man and the woman generally speaking, but I still think there must be some oxytocin hook for the man as well as the woman. The like research that I've read is, is that it has less impact it, on men than it does on women. Yeah. Um, I think it's like, I think for women, it's like, it's supposed to be like three days. And I think for men, it's like a day or two days. Something like. For what? Sorry. For the, the biochemical Oh, to wear um, off. So it's longer like lasting in women. Sorry? It's longer lasting in women than it is in men. Mm, yeah. Okay. And, and I think stronger. Okay. Yeah. So I see why that would be different then. That's but so yeah, unfair. especially for women, just don't do it. <laughs> but, That's so unfair. But then, then there are women that can, can have casual sex and, and not. Yeah, but that's not what you want, is it, Stella? <laughs> From what I can hear, no. that's not what you want. <laughs> no. I'm past those years, no. <laughs> Long past. I don't think I've ever been there, actually. But, yeah. Oh, good job. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, so nobody turned up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I... I I'd, I'm I'd surprised a few more regulars are not here. Sorry? I'm surprised a few more regulars are not here today. Yeah, no, I just got an email from Pete um, that he couldn't make it. Um, and I'll just check if I've got any other messages. But no, I think it was um, everyone obviously just had it in. We'll have to do the same next week since oh, we've got one more. Um, since... Yeah, I think everyone's, I think we had a few proponents for playing games a little bit more. 
Hi, Lucy. Hello. I wasn't sure if it was happening today or the, in a week. Yeah, I, I, I messed up. I put the wrong time down. I put okay, the wrong so date. So we've got a, a small group discussion. Um, and given that it's a small group, if, if you want to discuss anything else, we can um, discuss anything really. You know. I want to know about that guy that I mentioned to you. That's 100%. He was just playing keep him keen, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, there, there are some really... It's, it's just really childish and really stupid, I think. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a lack of maturity, definitely. But it, it's like I had. It, it's it's like this belief that I have to do these things, otherwise, like no one's gonna. But there, there definitely is like this. There is that thing that men do believe that, and I can see. I can see why they believe it. That women lose respect for them. Um, I think it's some women. I don't think it's all. I think the ones that want to be treated mean, they get some like little kick out of the thing going on all the time. I, I, I think there is a, um, I don't think it's necessarily like keeping them mean, but it's, it's, I think in a relationship, people see through you anyway. I think one of the challenges for, for men in a relationship, like when they've been in a relationship 20 years, they often leave the relationship 20, 25 years for someone else for no real basis just because they have someone who looks up to them um and admires them which you're not going to get at home after like 20 years i don't know I, i'm hearing from you rob that you kind of think there's a truth in it um I think there's a nuance. I don't. I don't think you should play games. Um, I. I think there, there's two two parts to it. I think you have to uphold your like, who you are, your sense of self, um, and I think that can be mistaken for. I think what a lot of men will do is they think if I give everything to the woman make her happy then she'll be pleased with me and that doesn't work that's not really that's not really yeah that's more and, and so then they veer people pleasing to, and codependency yeah well it's like boys are told boys are told like you you always have to treat women well you have to um and and there is this whole thing with like the fairy tale and the dating uh, the man has to woo the woman the man should always pay the man should um be gentlemanly and this so there's this um sort of discrepancy and inequality and so that makes men think that the way to make a woman happy is by giving her everything that she wants um and then that's dangerous um, though that's so dangerous yeah. but but it's what boys are told isn't it it's like you've got to treat women like a princess and you've got to um do this and, and I don't do have that. any experience of this because like I have one brother <laughs> and I don't remember I didn't get told anything <laughs> and then my son it's just like I, I don't I, I don't know he's still quite young but I couldn't imagine teaching him any of that stuff personally but I see what you're saying generally in society that's what the boys are taught culturally it's, it's, it's like the, the, the message 
even if it's subconsciously is that man is the provider man is and so men feel um their job is to is to make their partner happy to make them happy though you see when a woman is unhappy a man feels i'm not doing a good enough job that's why men don't want to talk because if you're unhappy it means i'm i failed and i don't want to i don't want to have that conversation okay that's interesting <laughs> i hear what you're saying i can see how that would play out for sure but yeah um I don't know. That's just a communication thing, no. I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of the type of women who expect, like, really expensive things all of the time and the man's going to go and do whatever, even break boundaries to go and meet these demands. And I don't know. I'm just thinking of the really toxic extreme end of things. But, um... There, yeah, there are women it, that, that feel like you have to take me out somewhere really nice. You have to uh, buy me a nice thing because otherwise I don't feel like you value me. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember what the original point was. Yeah. So, Lucy, do you have an opinion on treat them keen, keep them mean? Keep them mean? <laughs> don't keep them mean. <laughs> Oh, I just treat them mean. <laughs> I actually wrote that when I wrote keep the poem. I'm going to keep them mean. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't really know. Like, I'm now starting a new relationship and we are so excited. But I, I don't know. Like, it never really fitted me very well. Or, like, because I felt that playing those games just, I w wouldn't be myself. I would always be thinking, like, like, there are also all those things like, I don't know, they say the rules like you shouldn't write longer messages, you shouldn't write first, you shouldn't do all of that. And it's just so like unnatural. Like I want to be in a relationship where I feel completely natural and I can trust the person. And just feeling that could be difficult if I was playing those games. And I don't know if he could trust me so well if I was playing those games. So I don't know. I'm going the way of not playing games and being like radically honest and everything like that. So I will see how that works out. Like so far we take it like that. But yeah, I don't know. For this doesn't, I don't really see the, yeah. Maybe I see some point in it, but I don't know if I would be able to do it. If I would wish for such relationship. Is the, is the underlying message more don't look too over eager? I think it's don't be over eager. Yeah. I, I, I think you, you can't know about a relationship until you're in, but you like a, a long time in, but I think you have to, you have to look at, like, see how they, how they behave. So like, uh, as you're saying, Estella, I think you have to give someone a chance to hurt you. Um, <laughs> but, but not, not, be so so you're looking when you're when you're in the early days of a relationship like the first year you're looking for who they are you're looking for will they hurt you if they're given a the chance and then 
if they do, then it's about communicating and explaining how it feels, why, why it hurts, and that you won't accept that. And then if See they... See how they respond. Yeah, and if they, if they don't care, they do it again, they, or they say the right things but don't do it, then you know like they're not someone you can trust. Because if, if they're going to do that in the first year, the 20th or the 30th year, what are they going to do? I've been there. <laughs> I'm afraid. So is it that you don't trust that you can cope with that situation? Um, I think because I gave the benefit of the doubt in the past and and there was always that conversation oh yes I do understand where you're coming from you are totally right I am going to try and change this and then for a week it would be the honeymoon stage again isn't it that's what they call it I believe and then it will go back to the same if not worse um, so it took me quite a while to actually get onto dating again because of that um this happened like two and a half years ago and i have been like in a lot of trouble to just get out there trust and try to get into a new relationship because and i think i had people playing games with me like online dating is absolute it can be really good but i had a lot of bad things happening I guess and I heard like friends as well so when you get to knowledge of all of that it kind of just puts you off and so I have been doing this online dating for two years but I really didn't get those many dates because I would just in the end of the day I would be like no I don't want to or or I would just like, I would have the app, but not use it in the end of the day because I was exhausted and I probably only spoken to five guys. It's just, <laughs> but I don't know, maybe it's like my trust levels or is me being afraid of not setting my boundaries or forgiving and then being taken advantage of. Like my, that's what I think about my previous relationship. I don't feel like I was ever a priority or that I was ever understood and it never tried to meet me halfway. Um, it was not that I was trying to change him. I totally look into that relationship and I see uh, some episodes that I could have done better, but that is my learning curve. I don't think what I ended up suffering from it was very good and I think it was because I think my dad used to say that once you forgive too many times people get used to stepping all over you which is quite harsh but it's that's how I felt and now I am quite scared because I had this moment where I flaked and I it was my brain just saying like you need to get out of it here because it looked too too similar to something that I've been through so I just wanted to get out of there and now that I will have to solve that issue, I don't really know. First, I will have to see, to listen to his side and like tell him exactly what happened and what went through my head. But I don't really know. I'm always afraid that, okay, I'll give the benefit of the doubt. Let's carry on. And then something worse happening. So, do, you know, do you know what you would do differently now? 
um, about what happened in my previous relationship. If you were back there, would you know, would you react differently? And, and if so, how? I think I wouldn't have stayed in the relationship for more than four months if I went back to it. I know the things that I have done wrong that might have hurted him and that I could have changed, but I don't think, I think from on the four, the first four months, I could already tell that things weren't going to go well. And I just gave the benefit of the doubt and I carried on and uh, it just got worse and worse. So, so is, it, started... is, it, is it about learning some trust for yourself? Uh, sorry, I didn't hear. Is it, about My... learning, is it about learning trust for yourself? Trust in yourself? Uh, maybe. I don't even know. I haven't found out exactly. I'm more, I'm more afraid of like being stepped on and hurt. If that makes sense. But I think, you know, at that point, at the four-month stage, you said that you knew, you felt yeah. like you knew that it wasn't going to work out. Yeah. And I think at that stage, you need to trust yourself more than you value yeah. the relationship, mm. than you want the relationship. The tr trust in yourself needs to come before valuing the relationship. I think the stage that where I was... Um was not the best as well because I had just moved into the UK. I didn't know anyone around. Yeah, so you were so maybe I was a bit more vulnerable and mm -hmm. isolated as well. So maybe that did not help. And now I have all this bad relationship in my head that is keeping me from moving forward. Yeah. So yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit complex to explain. No, I understand. But, I completely understand. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just like seeing, because I, it's like I'm treating this person like he's the exact same of the other one, but, and I shouldn't be doing that. Um, I don't know. It's really hard. It's, a, it's, it's, it's good that you recognize it for what it is though, because it's an opportunity to grow. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I really said, hope so. Said, if I don't fly away. You said in the beginning that, that you'd grown sort of from something in the past. I've grown from the, um, I think that the experience I had gave me more, uh, I, became, I appreciate my time better. I can live with myself better. That's something that I don't think I used to do. Um, because I lived very much for him. But you recognized that and you learned from yeah, it. Yes, yeah. so that's the bit I learned, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm not afraid of going through the same again. Yeah. I but see it as that you two different things. It is, I know, I know, but what I'm saying is it's good that you recognize that fear. Yeah. So that you can learn to, and you, you're here at places like this, somewhere you can find that, um, you know, that's something that you might need to grow from that fear or even just talking about it and stuff like that. So if you, if you could grow from the past problem, now you know that fear is your problem, you could grow from that fear as well. Yeah. It's like that, that thing about the red, the red flags is just recognizing them so there's 
I can't really say that I'm seeing a lot of red flags, but I still think that maybe that is a red flag and maybe that is a red flag because I'm just afraid. Yeah, that's really confusing at that stage. Yeah. You can grow through it though. Personally, I I don't think it's, I I think there's there's so many people, particularly people who've been in toxic relationships and they're desperate to know what the red flags are. And it's like if there's a list. Um, But I think what we all do as humans is we, we, uh, we basically justify whatever we want to do emotionally and we'll find whatever logic and we'll say it's different. It's not that it's because of this. The, I think it's worth planning out what you would do like where are your breaking points and how would you react? Cause sometimes it's difficult to react in the moment to know what to do. Um, but if you've prepared for it, um, then, and like you, you know exactly, okay, if this happens, do this. So it's for me, it's not so much about red flags, but other than someone like physically grabbing you and physically hurting you, emotionally how people hurt you is is because you've overinvested because um it's something where like your 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 story about it your like your narrative is what creates the pain it's like the difference between the reality and the narrative and it's it's having i think there's a certain level of discipline of not however you feel like the excitement in the early days is lust and chemicals and where people really get into really bad relationships is because they believe that that is love. And so when it goes bad, they're trying to recapture what the, the, like the first flush. So people who are in toxic relationships, like the first year is amazing. It's like the first six months, first year is the biggest high. It's, it's everything they ever dreamed of because someone can play that role for a while. Someone can pretend to be everything that you've ever dreamed. But after a six months or a year, they want what they want. They want their adulation. They want whatever. And it's unsustainable that no one can give it. And so they have to resort to manipulation and coercement and force and abuse to get what they want. And as somebody who doesn't know any better though, right? Um, well, you get like narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, they don't care. They, they don't know any better, but that's, that's, they're only out for what they want and they'll use someone. But, but someone, people, where people fall into it is because it's so great that they get addicted to that high of how it feels and they're constantly trying to recapture that. And so they get snippets, like it'd be bad and then it'll be okay, it'll be good for a week and then it'll be bad and, and they don't want to give up. So character discernment's really important, isn't it? Sorry? Character discernment. We need to be able to be assessing the person's character. How do they treat this person? How, you know, how do they interact with the world? Are they rude to people? Do they seem quite down to earth and kind and all of that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. People, people in those relationships, they always noticed that there was something, whether it was how they treated other people or, or, or moments. But 
Yeah, it's it's about the thing is that like the romance of it is great and the excitement of it is great, but don't believe that's something lasting and something real. You have to get beyond that, and and so there's like go with the flow, enjoy it, but also be able to don't watch. fall into the trap. Yeah, be able. <laughs> yeah, so you're so you're looking at someone's character, someone um, over the long term, and that means that you. You, the only way you can really trust someone is if you give them the opportunity to hurt you and they don't like when they're really angry with you and they really in, in a row and they really hate you. If, if they still don't hurt you, then you can trust them. Um, but I, I, I know like if you've been through it, it's like, oh, I don't want to go through that, but there is like, there's a narrative and there's dynamics that create that pain and it isn't necessarily what's done to us, but it's how we interpret what's done to us. And so you, you've healed um, to some extent from, from where you were. And so that, that was a process. It isn't necessarily a time, it's the process. It's what, what changed in you in the way that you look at it at enough distance. And so you, so knowing that you healed from it, means that you can heal from any any other thing in the same way um and like if you change the narrative quicker you can change how it feels does that make any sense yeah yeah it does to me so say like for example if somebody got cheated on then they could be, oh, I did, you know, it's because I did this or because and they can blame themselves or they could go, actually, it doesn't matter what I would have done. He would have done that anyway. Or even if it was the nicest looking girl in the world, he still would have done that anyway to her. It, that's, that's more about what he, his decision that he decided to act upon at that time. Yeah. For whatever reason, it wasn't a reflection of me and reflection of, whatever else I mean that's just one example of of being able to heal from things and then being able to trust men again or flip side if it happens to a man you know if he sees that as you know she did that for whatever reason and it's not a reflection of something that I did wrong no. it's, a, it's a good narrative to 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 heal from it I think the the core like the core thing underlying that is the fairy tale model it's where people like the whole like girls are told if you're beautiful enough and sweet enough he'll he'll love you and if you and so the message so many people say and i know that people go oh yeah i don't believe in a fairy tale but when you look at the way that cosmetics are sold when you look at how everything is sold to women it's like if you have this perfume if you have this skincare your husband's going to love you more it's not like when someone's been married loved more yeah when someone's been like 10 years it's not going to make any difference you know um significantly to the relationship but that's the message that girls have always had you like you have to be beautiful enough you have to be this so when people's um like marriages or, or relationships are in trouble they go for makeovers they go and they think like if i'm more beautiful or that and like you say it's this belief that how someone loves you determines the value of you 
when in reality, like if you look at it logically, it has no relation. They do what they do because of who they are. And off most of the time, if men cheat, it's nothing to do with their partner. It's to do with either feeling um, attractive, feeling respected, feeling more um, competent, capable that they still have it, or like it's, it's got nothing to do with it. But then often, like in the argument afterwards, it's going to be, well, you did this. And that's really just a justification. That's a justification to say, like, I'm not a shit. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I hear what you're saying. The, the, the biggest problem in relationships is we've been fed so much bullshit. Sure. Even, for, even from from parents at a child's age, like I was, I was watching this woman today, and the baby, the little son, about two years old, is like, I need a wee, I need a wee, and no, you don't need a wee. Like telling the child that it doesn't need a wee. Like, well, then it got so bad, and it carried on for so long. She ended up saying, no, the the toilets are shut, they've been closed now. And even at two year old, that 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 child wants to trust its parent, and it's like, oh, I'm confused on oh, the toilet short do they it confuses a kid's head from such a young age and and the same thing happens then in like relationships and stuff and it's it sometimes has been ingrained from a very very early start and that's why we get so why it becomes such a big problem for us because we're so used to it happening right from from being you know two or whatever mm. a lot of like particularly people who get into toxic relationships they've usually had some injury from childhood and there's a lot of vulnerability um, and it isn't even necessarily consciously. It's just like the way that we learn as children is from we're making sense of a world that we can't understand and we misinterpret, misunderstand um, and even when our parents don't intentionally mean to, there's still scars that we're going to have just because we, we didn't, we weren't able to make sense of it. And then that means that we feel unlovable. And so we go in search of someone who loves us, which, and then someone who comes over the top and shows us how special we are that no one has ever shown us we then feel okay this maybe i am and that is what causes people to get stuck and addicted and that's where they get hurt there's a lot of pain right there <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> Can we change the subject? Or am yeah, I it's just... quite heavy, isn't it? <laughs> um, Sorry, I had know, to go I... for a second to do some duties. Come on, you get this one. Do you know one thing that's bugging me at the moment is 
there's two things so there's getting in and you know like you're saying it takes you a long time to know a person like every time I date someone I date them quickly like I'll date them over a few weeks and then that's enough no moving on date someone else a few weeks no there's I think there's only one person that I dated a bit bit longer because I was in therapy at the time and my therapist was encouraging to keep dating this person and that didn't work out for whatever reason but it did he was a really nice guy and like I could have had a, a comfortable relationship with him but I think maybe further down the line I might have got a bit frustrated at life seems a bit too like we're not doing anything with our lives that's anyway yeah so when I'm dating now I find it it's like the thought of really getting to know somebody and really sort of get into a further further stage with them is making me like I don't know if I can go through all of that and keep getting to know someone for that length of time and pulling away if, if it's for whatever reason it's not going to work out like I, I'm kind of like not wanting to put myself through that again but I mean, it's I know like that so that, much investment yeah yeah so it's kind of like not putting me off maybe I'm putting putting the brakes on too quickly with people because I don't want to get to know them more or whatever I don't know so is it like you're losing interest or I think I think I don't know if it if it's genuine deal breakers or if I'm just finding deal breakers in things that are not really deal breakers if that makes sense yeah Maybe I need to list it, list the definite deal breakers. So I'm sure I'll find a list of about 40 things. <laughs> um, but that's maybe, maybe I just need to write a list of the deal breakers and then just check in with myself. Actually, it's not any of them things. So I should probably still get to know this person more. Maybe that would help. Yeah, I think you have to give people a chance. Yeah, well, so I believe that it is like, like you will be just made right for each other. But then many places and people told me that it's actually more like making each other, like making good for each other. Like that you won't be made to start with, but you need to work on it. So I guess that doesn't ever happen if like the people are not committed to it. Maybe. I don't know if I am clear with what I was meaning. Sorry, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't hear. Yeah, your volume's quite low. Uh, I'm sorry, my computer is rubbish. I get my computer. But, um, I was just saying that um, I believe in, in this, like uh, that people are kind of the right for each other. But then many people tried to teach me that people kind of will be made good for each other just by coexisting together and like, trying and investing into it. Yeah. Like, uh, in the, in it, do, it doesn't just, it doesn't just fit together. You have to make it like build it yeah. together. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sort of, it can't happen if one doesn't fully commit to some relationship, I guess. Yeah, two people have to be committed for it to work. Yeah, I, I think that's what that's that's like in the first year. That's what you're looking for. Is this someone who's gonna who's committed and willing to change and grow with the relationship? 
Um, stress, how much stress, everyone's got stress in their lives and how much, like, how do you determine, is it just based on the person and how much they think they can deal with? How much stress do you, I, I, if that, this person's got a lot of stress in their lives, how do you determine, like, no, that's, is it just based on a certain person? No, I feel that would be too much stress for me, so you would not take things further with a person it depends it it may be a time in their life when it's a lot of stress um it's um it might be someone that has a lot of drama um some people so another another trap i've seen a lot of women getting into i've seen it more in women is that um the man will say, oh, my life is so hard. I've, I've got to deal with this. I've got to deal with that. And um, the woman will say, will it accept? What, and, and they'll accept. They'll go, oh, he's stressed because he's dealing with a lot. Well, you still oh, have okay. to be an adult. He's you have to be in a relationship. You have to be responsible for yeah. his time you, management. And... Yeah, you, you have to. Um, if you're, you can only have a relationship with an adult. And if they're making excuses and I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because my life is so hard. Well, um, that's just, you know, that's just a, an excuse. And there'll always be something. Um, but you still have to, there's like, you still have to, um, like live up to your responsibilities. So say in a situation where they've got kids and they've got um, a difficult situation with their ex or the, this, this, it's not like amicable, like that would be a good reason for me to go. Like, I don't know the full story, but I don't really want to know the full story. Bye. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Am I being a bit too hasty there? Yeah, I would, I would give, I'd give someone the benefit of the doubt because if you're looking like any situation it, it depends like it is going to be a little bit more stress but it may just be like anyone can get involved with someone that's trouble and get into that kind of relationship it doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily a reflection on them and it's it's not necessarily a permanent I guess so. yeah situation it's true you need to get to know them and their part in it and yeah which yeah. you're not you, you're not going to see for, for a while yeah Lucy want to pick Rob's brains while we're here Lucy sorry I didn't hear that do you want to pick Rob's Rob's brains while we're here or everyone. Oh, what do you mean? Like ask questions? Oh, yeah, there. is there any, anything, <laughs> any questions you have in, in terms of, because we've got a small group, we can talk about anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I, my situations in terms of dating has changed quite rapidly in the last like two months or so. <laughs> I was like uh, on the dating side and dating one guy and it was bad after a while and it was very emotionally draining and I went off for holiday home and then I got together with someone completely unplanned and now I have Another problem, like we are so totally in love, but uh, we 
uh, a far apart. So it's got sort of problems of distance relationship. And he's still trying to get to me, like he's now self-isolating to, to get to me in 12 days, but uh, still gonna be quite difficult. So if anyone has any tips for long distance relationship and how to keep it together, even if you are committed. I couldn't cope with long, to, uh, with, um, long distance tried it in the past, I couldn't do it, but I know that it works for some people. Yeah, I know in normal conditions, it would be fairly easy because of work can be from mostly done online. So he would need to be there once in like month or two in his job. So he would be able to come for a very long time, but the quarantine is making it very difficult. So we don't know how we would be able to see each other. I think the, the difficulty in long distance relationships, which are much more difficult because you don't have contacts, so you don't have communication. And, you, you know, like you were talking to Sasha about the oxytocin and that, you don't have any of that. Um, so it's difficult. It's difficult about communication, about trust. Um, you can misunderstand each other. So I think the thing that you have to do in all relationships is which again is easier said than done but is assume the best and um be the best partner you can and um because what what happens is this like narrative of um you know maybe they they um maybe they're lying to me, maybe they don't care, maybe this, maybe that. And, and that's the thing that comes in and causes wedges between people. Yeah. I think, I think as well, as, as well, like it may be just, yeah, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll respond after. It was just something that jumped into my head. Yeah, I was just saying that so far it seems to work well with the trust and like good communication even online. But I guess once we are not in the first month or two of the relationship, that might be slightly more difficult or when we have more work to do versus yeah. And there's also going to be like... A controlling the imagination as well like because you you've only got so much information like your imagination what are they like in this scenario what are they going to be like like this and it is i think that would be the hard part am i right is this your imagination of what what they would be like in real life yeah i'm hoping like we had quite intense period of together and then once he arrives in like 12 days we will probably be quite intensely together as well so it will be just yeah i don't know like the uncertainty of the time now is like horrible like he could normally just fly very cheaply every time. it might be a good thing it might be a good thing just to like slow down so because it, it's slowing things down a little bit yeah. yeah we are going very quickly i guess <laughs> like we don't mind locking, getting locked down together <laughs> at the moment that's yeah, it could be risky, I guess, but then at least we try it out and discover all the potential problems, maybe. Mm. I, I think just naturally, um, you're going to get excited and, and, that, and I think you enjoy that. 
um, enjoy that, but also keep a little bit detached where you're looking at the difference between like the long term and the short term. So in like, well, I think all you do is it's like it's a wave and you just enjoy that wave. Um, but remembering um, there's a difference between long term and the short term. Does that make sense? You mean like whether we are planning long term or short term? What, no, what I mean is like enjoy, like you're, you're, you're in a new relationship, you're in love, you're, you're really happy in that. So um, enjoy that. Um, but what, where a lot of people go wrong is that, that they say, we love each other. We're always going to love each other. Um, and that, so there's the emotional side, which is great, but it also has to tally up with the logical side of not like not being biased where all, all all of us go wrong in life and in relationships is cognitive biases like we have blind spots we have shortcuts we believe things what we want want to be true so like when you you're having you if you feeling so in love with someone you want them to be the perfect person um and you'll overlook evidence to show that they're not and you'll override that because you you don't want it to be true and so what I mean is like enjoy just enjoy um that and but just like don't rush into anything and um like let it let it play out and um you'll see if it is and if it isn't that you, you like um you know, like you, you, you would have, this isn't like your only shot. You would have it again. I don't know. I don't want to like be a downer, but I'm, I'm just, and you know, probably it will, but just, um, you have to just have logic as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have but you never know. Like yeah. <laughs> you're in love with it, you just never know. But, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we're trying to like work on it properly. Like when I was sometimes with someone and it turns to be long distance, we kind of quickly fell apart as we didn't really properly try. Like it was just like, oh, we haven't seen each other for months now and we don't even need to talk anymore. But this time we seem to be investing quite a lot of effort into like developing the relationship, and, like getting to know each other properly and communicating well and all that. So we'll see. It's good. It is um, um, one of the like Esther Perel has this idea that um, you desire and emotional closeness are mutually exclusive. So having distance creates more desire. Does that? Have I explained it clearly enough? Or I don't know. Does that make sense? I'm not sure why should they be exclusive. No, I, I, I'm not saying I agree with it. Or um, I'm not sure. She uh, has some evidence, and she that she argues that couples, the more emotionally close they are, because um, she says like you shouldn't hug, you shouldn't 
kiss or that, and then you have more um, sexual desire. Um, it sort of runs counter to everything else I've seen. Um, so but that's I her have, theory. So if one desires someone physically, then they are less emotionally close? Yeah, she says, uh, basically, the more that you know someone, the less you'll desire them. Mm -hmm. But then how would it ever work in like long relationships? <laughs> like even I, if they are together, they get to know each other very well and they get sort of maybe bored or whatever. But if it's actually good, then it stays together now. Like if they yeah. work. Um. I think, I think there's something to it because logically, yes, um, when you first know someone, you're more attracted to them. Um, like the honeymoon stage. Uh, but I think it's a bit extreme. Like her, her advice is you shouldn't, shouldn't kiss, shouldn't hug, something like that. Um, but you shouldn't like, you know, like as so husband and wife or people who are living together a long time. Um, you should keep more distance. Mm. That's psychological um, tantric sex. <laughs> so it's psychological tantric. Um, <laughs> Just like, don't kiss, don't hug. Is, 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 but isn't isn't tantric? Tantric is like you do, though, don't you? Sorry. I think what she's I think what she's trying to say in terms yeah. of like a long term relationship, if if things are getting like the sex drives going downhill either way, then have a little bit of time apart to reignite things. I think that's what she's getting yeah. at. Though. I heard yeah. that one before, but the way that it was put, I was like, it's like you're under the same roof and behaving like that. That's what I was not getting at. Yeah which can come across as cold, like some people would complain like, oh, you haven't said it, you love me today. So not to hug, not to kiss or something like that. I think it'd have to be mutually agreed between yes. people if that was going to be the case. <laughs> it's just really weird. <laughs> just suddenly change. Sometimes you run into like the opposite problem that people say that once it stops working physically, it stops working overall for them. Like, I don't have that experience yet because I'm really, like, I didn't have any longer relationship yet. But um, that's what many people say, that they have the problem of it physically stopping to work and then it's causing them a lot of stress and it's not, like, difficult for the relationship then. Yeah, I think definitely, because if you're in an exclusive relationship, that is your like your your gate to, gateway to sexual release, and if someone isn't interested, um, so there's 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 that there's frustration at not like having a release and and feeling like you're you're trapped within a relationship, and then there's also um, a sense of rejection, which then becomes like I'm less attractive. Um, so yeah. I, um, that causes bitterness and also yeah i mean it all depends on the narrative that that whoever has about it um but yeah i yeah um 
I think there's there's more detail to it, but there is there is definitely like particularly research shows it's women who are actually less interested in a longer relationship. Um, right. It's because tra- traditionally, like there's always been like it's, it's men that cheat, it's men, but actually um, there's some research that shows it's women that need more variety than men. Um, No, like it's, I think we, we, we can go into relationships worried about people cheating and then it all gets a bit messy, doesn't it? Um, rather than sort of trusting the other person not to, if that makes sense. If you've got that level of sort of communication and you kind of see that person's morals and what boundaries they would and wouldn't cross, you know, and if, the, that can take a lot of the sort of worry out of things. Yeah, it's, um, there's an interesting book. Um, I think it's Obsession, I've got it over there. Um, but it's all about uh, jealousy. It's David Bass, um, psychologist, um, about jealousy in, in relationships, where it comes from and... Uh, research into it that's interesting what's it called uh, I'll just get it I think it's obsession I'll just one sec okay Do you it's know not obsession Rob, it's dangerous the dangerous passion Dangerous passion. Do you not find when you're reading stuff like that, though? I mean, it's good to start, like, understanding, say, jealousy and how that works out in relationships at a deeper state, at a deeper level. But in that process of learning about it, do you not think because that's all our minds focused on, we can then worry about it manifesting in our own relationships? Um, you kind of get what I'm what yeah it's like if a, a, a policeman a policeman only sees bad things so that all they expect is bad things from people yeah sort of yeah um yeah. the interest I mean, that... one one thing that you know if we've only ever seen bad relationships and we've only ever read and seen on tv and everything we're immersed in is bad relationships then when it comes to having a relationship it's like we expect it to be bad and we don't know any better and any different because that's what I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's have a little quick poll. Um, and in the chat, if you don't want to speak, um, how many of us have seen, okay. How many relationships would you say that you've seen that you would like to emulate? In real life. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> no, I'm not some. Yeah, I, I think I know of some. Um, yeah, some. I'm trying to trying to think. Maybe, maybe, maybe a couple. Um. So that there, there are, there are, um, so few. 
Um, I think we're money, money and relationships. We've got really um, screwed up ideas. Um, so the interesting thing, the most shocking thing for me in reading that book is that there's always been an issue with jealousy, right? And, and patriarchy is set up to control women. It's to make, to shame women about sex, to control their access to men um, because of men's fear. Um, and so then there's all these people that jealousy has been in a relationship and they've been like, um, I think most of the studies was, was men and they're then having therapy about their um, trust issues. And you know, the interesting thing is in a lot of those cases, the, the other person actually was cheating. Um, and so infidelity is, is huge and always has been. Um, it's not like not all people, um, but, yeah, but my, point, a... yeah, my point is, is when you're focusing on a subject like that, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm just when any subject that we focus on, like, and it's the majority of people, then can do you not think that can make us like more worried about it happening to us because we're forgetting about the few? Yeah. Um, and also, um, Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. I suppose it's a, a fear of of what would happen, of what it means about you. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it all, is all that narrative actually? So um, I've been talking with someone who wanted to have a talk about um, polyamory and multiple relationships um and is that the way forward um so we've we've had an exchange and i wasn't sure if there was enough interest from people because I've held off like swinging and stuff like that off. like swinging well, and it, stuff uh, like that maybe but but more polyamory is is like the, the argument for polyamory is that we're not built just to love one person um, we have too much love to give. We should be adult enough to love different people for different things. Um, yeah, so, th so that's the argument. And really, it's about not possessing someone. It's about sharing your love and loving many people and not being obsessive, possessive, or, um, I don't know, or expecting everything from one person. I don't know. I mean, I've only got like, I could only bring my sort of religious perspective to things. So um, with in the religion that I practice, men not being allowed to marry more than one woman, for example, but women can't marry more than one man, one man, for example. Um, so I think that would be sort of polyamorous to some extent, or is it, are you more talking about families living in the same household? No, I, I think um, polyamory is quite a big movement um, and it's generally both. It's, it's basically, so you'd have multiple partners, they'd have multiple partners. These are like real relationships. It's not like 
swinging when you, you, you like you're just sleeping with someone um but it's it's real relationships but coexisting so they live in one house don't they and have kids no, together no, and no, stuff like they that. can do but, that, but um no this is typically like you go off and see dave one day and um jeff the next and tom another time the, the, and... the arguments the arguments from a religious perspective why that would i mean now is different in modern times to some extent is that it was it if men if it's men with women they always knew who the child's father was whereas if if it was women with men they didn't know who the child's father was obviously there's dna tests and stuff these days but that was one of the reasons why men were allowed to and women weren't and also to do with oh there's loads of things that was just one example but there's a lot of reasons why they said yes for men and it shouldn't be for women um but I so can't, none of it's coming to my mind at the moment yeah it's like it's only it's only men who have enough to cut to to be able to look after multiple women isn't it it's like who can provide enough resources yeah some of that was one of them yeah so to me when i'm looking at that that looks like that was a rule made by men weighted in favor of men yeah it would have definitely been made by men but i don't necessarily think it was in favor of men they did they did um it was a societal thing so if if there was people left over from war for example and there was women without husbands that needed looking after that would be one way of the women being looked after in, at the end of a war so all the men would have been killed and then they're left with all of these women that have no one to take care of them and that was one of the reasons why was so that the women could be taken care of because there was much more women than there were men um there's there's lots there's lots mm. to it i just don't remember much of it well I don't think there, I don't think there's like one. There's so one it, rule. It wasn't of a necessarily just to give men the upper hand or to give men something and 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 take away from women. It wasn't like that at all. It was more. It was best for society. Well, well the like the like the big fear of men is um, I'm not going to know who I'm going to bring someone else's child up and I'm going to look a fool. Yeah. Um, so that's where I feel it's weighted towards men. Um, but if you look like anthropology, there's there's lots of cultures with different, um, there's like cultures with free love, there's cultures with polygyny where the woman has multiple, there's not many, but there are um, cultures where women have multiple husbands. Um, yeah, I mean, there's monogamy and then there's uh, polygamy. Um, and now there's, there's like polyamory. But I, I, I don't believe it works in our culture. And I'm not saying it like from a moral basis or um, it can't work. But I think it requires to like the level of emotional um development emotional intelligence to not not get jealous not have someone not feel more not 
No. I don't, I don't think you can't take jealousy out of the equation because that's a natural human emotion. Mm. It's about managing the, if the jealousy can be managed. And, and that's, that's the argument of polyamory. You go, well, we have to grow and we have to love each other more and we have to learn. The, I remember John Gottman being asked Is it about, a bit passive though? It sounds like, they, are they really saying that jealousy has to be removed? Obsession has to be removed? Because these are natural human emotions that spring up for everybody. Yeah, so basically what they're saying is, is in juggling multiple relationships, you have to, um, like, I don't like, um, if you look at like spiritual movements and spiritual, um, people who are really into spiritual stuff, I don't like, you know, like, it becomes like a badge. I'm more spiritual than you. I'm more involved than you. Um, and in every kind of community like that, there's people use something to say, something to seem like, you know, get one over. Do you know what I mean? Or, or so it's, put it's all on. sort of very competitive um, yes. in, in, a, in a bad way so that they're, they're using that instead of like, oh, um, I've got a better car than you. It's become a spiritual thing. I've got more spiritualness than you. It's just like yeah. sort of very petty and childish. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that there is, um, like that can be an argument I've seen of, of, of polyamory, like we're more evolved. Um, but so it's quite yeah, childish. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the argument, it, 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 it's a convincing argument, um, but when you look at it mechanically, um, and I remember John Gottman being asked, like, why, why don't you study them? And he said, we tried. He said, but those type of relationships don't tend to last long enough to get them in the study, to, like, to get them in the lab to, to, to study them. Um, so it tends to be more um, like swingers as well that also even having the freedom people then people then um still cheat still go outside the, the boundaries and um and then like the jealousy and and often there can be one person that really wants an excuse to sleep around and they sort of coerce the other partner into it But yeah, I, I didn't know if there was enough interest for people to to discuss it. Oh, are we not better off moving in, in the direction of healthy relationships and which ones work and which ones last? And, and then if we focus well, on them few, we might all have a bit of hope. <laughs> I mean, that that's what I believe. I believe, you know, like when I said, I, it, it's... I think you make relationships simpler and you make them simpler by making them more honest when, because when it, what makes them complicated is not wanting to tell the truth and complications come from avoiding the truth. When you just deal with the truth, it becomes, it's a harder decision to make up front. It means that you have to make hard decisions, but it's simpler to deal with because you know where you are. 
see in my ideal world and this is why i'm still not in a relationship because i haven't found it yet is boy meets girl girl meets boy we just it's because you know like modern dating and all the rest of it and you know there's so many expectations and the way that things should go and it's just like yeah i want to get married yeah i want to get married let's see if we're compatible and let's actually talk about this like two civil mature human beings and okay if we decide we think we could make this work let's get married and go for it so that's kind of where I am now but the, my issue is that when I'm, I'm in a, uh, talking to people I always get this sort of worry or sense that they're not all right to drop the relationship if we get to a point where actually I don't think we can move forward with this so that makes it I feel quite vulnerable there if that makes sense so you don't think that they would say to you I don't think this is going to work I've met one person that very much felt that they would be happy with doing it that way. Other people, it feels like they would drag it out, even if we could blatantly see that it wasn't, we weren't compatible. Like, and wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't be like a mutual, yeah, actually, you're completely right. Or I'm like, yeah, I can really see where you're coming from. This isn't going to work. And let's let's leave it nicely without too much emotional baggage. But you could have that discussion um, at the beginning with somebody. You could, but then would they still stick to it? Like because emotions are funny things, and and you never know. We don't even know how we'll react, let alone um, like to to think it through six months a, a year before. So you're wanting to have that discussion so that you don't have difficult situation later. Yeah. So with the guy that I dated for a long time, I, at the end, towards the end, when I thought I can't move forward with this for whatever reasons, I just said to him, we need to support each other out of this because we'd got to a stage where we were really comfortable with each other. Um and quite, you know, very comfortable with each other. Um, so I was just like, yeah, we need to we need to support each other out of this. And I don't think any of us, either of us really wanted to leave it where it was, but we just did. And it was easier that way because we did support each other out. It wasn't like we didn't sort of hurt each other's feelings on the way out or cut it off harshly or anything like that. So maybe I just do, do that. Or maybe well, like you said, I think I'm better off mentioning it from the beginning. No, I didn't say that, I was just clarifying. Because oh, I, I don't know, I don't know, people like to agree things early, often, you know, like, are you serious? Are you in for a committed relationship? No, I only and, like most, most guys will have said, they would have said somewhere on the profile about wanting to looking for marriage. So otherwise I wouldn't really be speaking to them. I'm talking okay. more about for some guys it's just like yeah they're looking for marriage but they're not looking for compatibility in the same sense that i might be if that makes sense it does i think um there is a big difference between men and women i think um i don't think many men have I think men and women have a different experience, um, a, a different upbringing, um, have different messages, different outlooks. I think men are much more happy to go with the flow 
and are less like men are less likely to end things. Um, and this is the problem because they're less likely to end things, even if it's not right for them or for me. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Difficult to. I don't know that necessarily having the discussion up front um, will change anything. Um, but you, 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 what's your fear that you you would think it's all going well, but they not be happy? No, my fear is that it's going to be a sticky situation to get out of. It's not going to be easy. Like if I get to know someone more, say four or five months down the line, and we've been spending a lot of time together and I'm really starting to enjoy having them as part of my life. And then I can see something blatantly. This isn't, we're not compatible for whatever reason. This that we just can't continue. And then them being not wanting to let go of that. What are the sort of things you expect might be happening? Like that are really incompatible can be solved and needs raising. Like what sort of things are you talking about that could be there? Um, we, like, we just can't get to an agreement about say kids, for example, or um, one guy that I met was in a lot of debt and you know, my therapist said to me, you need to consider that if you do decide to go ahead with this, that debt is now your debt. And I was like, I spent a long time getting out of debt. I don't want to be in a relationship where a guy is in that much debt. Um, just different things. Like, that That wasn't too bad because I'd only been on a few dates with him. But, um, yeah, just the yeah, things like... These things come up one really, really, really wants loads of kids, for example. I mean, you can work that out early on, but say we'd, we were, both weren't sure... And then we'd got to a stage where one actually really couldn't let it go or one of us really wanted to stick to, I don't I'm not, I'm not wording this very well. Can you kind of hear what I'm saying though? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm just surprised that these things can't be like discussed a bit earlier, that you are worried that they will happen so that you can start like discussing them and figuring it out earlier. We can, and I do. We do I do have these sort of conversations with people, but sometimes it's like one person will be like, "Yeah, I'm not sure," and I might be like, "Yeah, I'm not sure," and then it could take us a long time to figure out where we're at with it. Mm. For example, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's part of the process, though, isn't it? Because you're not you're not sure until you are. It right? is. <laughs> It is. But what I was just saying to Lucy is that sometimes it, it, is, it, it can be further down the line that something comes up. Yeah, definitely. It, I, I believe something can come up like that. I'm just thinking. But I, I think you never know with relationships. I think you always have to be open to experience well i think i think there's a there's a, a thin line i think there's 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 a point you have to commit and be absolutely committed because if you're always wavering then the relationship's never going to work um having said that 
there are people change situations change and you know like sometimes someone could have an accident and they, then 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 they have completely different behavior completely um like unreasonable violent um and that well, in, that, in that situation if you knew the person beforehand wasn't violent that's something personally that i would stick out because i know it's not them and i'd support them in the health problems but yeah, sometimes but they can save it forever. I guess what you're saying, Rob, is that if somebody's, if somebody, if some, some core part of that person changed as they grew, is that? You know, like people have a midlife crisis and then suddenly change. Hi, Janice. Hi. I guess it's always the risk, yeah. I don't think I don't think it's like um like what I'm explaining I don't think it's um I don't think it's like a guarantee that nothing's ever going to go wrong or that it's happily ever after but I just think that it's it's you know you at least you're sort of in the same headspace as each other and you're on the same wavelength Yeah yeah I see what you're saying it's kind of like what we're talking about slay the dragon is is that getting rid of the problems as early as you can or see yeah. if you can resolve them i think i'll have to go i'll have to meet someone else okay well it was nice to see you nice to meet you again thanks for thank Bye. you for a nice meeting So um, just as you've joined us, Janice, we, I messed up and put the wrong date for tonight's meetup. So we were talking about um, keep, them, keep them mean, keep them keen by treating them mean. Which uh, yeah, I, I remember the uh, uproar this uh, caused last time. <laughs> we, we haven't had anyone strongly advocating for treating them mean. Are you, are you going to be the before no <laughs> no i um i don't um no no i let me get let me get my head together and i'll catch up catch up to speed with where you're at and then i'll i just uh need to think about where where we're at first rob okay. yeah we, we we're kind of wandering all over all oh, right <laughs> um no, I'm. I'm not for keeping them. Um, what was it? What did you? How did you phrase it? Keeping well, me. Well, I've already said it wrong. I've, I, what did I say? Treat them. Treat them keen. Treat to them keep mean, them mean to keep them keen. <laughs> but it, it treat treat them mean to keep them keen. Yeah. I'll never be able to say that again properly now. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think when people have a mindset of doing something like that, it just feels a little bit like game playing. Um, and I think that's why I don't advocate the idea. However, on the other hand, I don't, um, I don't think that um, 
you should be uh, overly keen and put all your own interests and your own life on hold to please someone else. So I guess that's my um, current viewpoint on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think that's very true. Um, there is some research that found that people who do play games attract other people who play games. Um, and it's the people who are themselves, who are like more authentic, who have longer lasting relationships. I'm glad to hear that research. <laughs> I started to worry last week. I'm not sure if it was last week or the week before. And I did wonder, so, oh, are lots of people under this mindset now of where you've got to play these games to, you know, keep them... Uh, treat them mean to keep them keen because if that's the way it is you know I'm I guess I yeah I'm just not that way inclined that wouldn't come very naturally to me I'd struggle yeah I think I think there's always um I mean there's like the rules have you heard of the rules they were like 80s 90s no this very specific set of rules have you have you come across it anyone no no I haven't Oh, let me. I'm, I'm going to find what they are. What what um, what Google searches have these people been putting in? <laughs> um, what are the rules? Okay, so be a creature unlike any other. Um, don't talk. Don't talk to a man first, and don't ask him to dance. Don't stare <laughs> at men or talk too much. <laughs> don't meet him halfway or go Dutch on a date. Don't call him and rarely return his calls. Always end calls first. Don't accept the Saturday night date after Wednesday. Um, and yeah, they're, they're quite very specific and prescriptive. And that was from the 80s and 90s. I must have uh, totally missed that then. Yeah, no, it was a big book. It was uh, 1995. 1995. I was a bit busy. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy working a lot at that point. I was a physio and I was on call a lot. So, uh, yeah, obviously the rules, I just did not see that. You've been avoiding wearing the face mask, haven't you? <laughs> Didn't see them rules. Oh, no, I'm wearing a face mask when I'm out. I'm joking. When I have to. <laughs> um, I, I, I always forget. I have to leave one it in the car. Seems, it, it seems like a really teenage boy thing to do. Treat him mean to keep him keen. Yeah, it sounds that, doesn't it? It just sounds that way. I agree. Um, actually, it's women who, who, who play more of the games. Um, when I was reading this research. Really? Yeah, no, but in that, that specific phrase, though, that specific, I don't, I'm not, I'm not meaning this as a gender yeah. bashing type of thing. I, just that particular phrase, I have, um, the only association I have with that phrase is to teenage boys from a long time ago. They actually believed and lived by that sort of, we've got to treat girls mean. Well, I think there's also a bit of a, sort of a, a macho um, look, you know, like, in front of your friends, we can't seem to be seen as nice or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, Poor guys. I don't think they made any progress. (laughs) 
So, um, is there any any other topics or anything anyone wants to discuss? Or I don't know. I think I've, I've, I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to pick your brains on so much today. Rob, Johnny? is it just me and Sasha? Because I can't see anyone else here. Yeah, oh, no, no, this, I this. See, I can see them now. For some reason, oh. they weren't showing up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's um, it's uh, gallery view. You can see everyone. I speak yeah, of you. I you just see, see whoever's talking. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I think we'll have to do this next week because we've got it set. But there might be. I think. I think where a lot of it comes from is is. Um, men on dating sites have a really tough time and um, so there is this feeling there's much more competitiveness I think of, uh, among men um, just by the dynamics of, of a dating site that there, there are more men than women um, it's harder for a man to get a message reply it's hard, um, women much less likely to initiate contact um and so it can seem that you've got to play these games and it's like women have these dating coaches and things like the, the rules and that but men have like pickup artists and things like that who give very specific um like tactics and a lot of men feel that they need to have them. Women, there's people online doing it for women as well, though. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, there was... It just seems was, so, like, heavy and, like, getting into every last little detail of watching this body expression and that word they used. And it's just like... Wow, it's just... I, th I think prom they'll promise you this high. You know, I think you mentioned it before. This high value man for high value women, and it's just like this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, I think what what, and I think actually the techniques do work in the short term. Um, but what happens is you're just um, delaying a problem from initially to later on, um, where, where you get the problem, but. Like if you're if you're selling dating and I'm going to get you in, into a relationship, then you can use tactics for that. They'll work in the short it's term. Like you, it's like just, you said, it's just about building connection with people and about it being authentic, and then it just yeah. happens, doesn't it? Like if if a guy is struggling to to talk to a girl and he's like, "Oh, I'm treating me," and I'm not going to respond to her for five hours, but then she's got three other guys all messaging her then he might just lose out because he didn't respond. Yeah. So if they don't, it doesn't work anyway. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, yeah. Um, I, I think you need, you need momentum. You need, um, like if, if it's a message every other day, like, so there's others that say like you should maximum four messages before a date, never message more than four times. And my experience is like, is this why all the guys are like pestering me to phone them after two text messages? 
I think some of that and also but also the other thing is like you said they know that you're getting lots of messages and they know that if you if they don't like develop more of a connection quickly that they'll lose their chance with you oh, I think that I think they're all just a bit too worried because of the dating pool they're in yeah I, I I think it is. I think the dating dynamics brings out the worst in people. Um, and I think, but I think that if you act differently and you act more, you just look genuine, like for genuine connection, whether, whether it's someone you're attracted to or not, that you just like, like nice to everyone and you connect to them, then um, you're, like you'll be different people will treat you different and then you have a different experience yeah but i i i I do think you know like i'm doing like uh sort of like a training on messaging um and that's the basic problem in um in dating is that like the messages are the messages are boring the messages don't lead anywhere and it does make a difference. I had a guy message me and I wasn't interested in his profile, but his, the way that he approached me made me want to have a conversation with him because he, he was like, um, he picked up on something in my profile and was like, oh, tell me more about that. Took an interest in my interests mm. and that led me to want to have a conversation with him. So that does definitely work. Mm. But then it doesn't, he then felt disappointed because I had this conversation with him, but I was like, yeah, but I'm not really... I didn't want to take it anywhere. Yeah. And then I felt, I don't know. He felt like, he felt like I was leading him on. Oh, you should have told me from the beginning that you wasn't interested. And I just felt like, well, I couldn't help but have a conversation with you because you were so good at having a conversation type of thing. And it wasn't, it was just too attractive for me not to have that conversation with him. So, I mean, even that has its downfalls as well at, at some it does, but then he probably would have been the one, oh, why, why aren't you messaging me? You know, you're a bitch and, and that. Um, I think one of the biggest problems in dating is everyone is out, like everyone's out for, like, I want this, I want this, I want this. And no one's got any consideration for what does the other person want. And if you let go of what you want, and um like you you if you just if you have that conversation you like message and conversation with enough people then um you um that's how you develop the connection but it's it's not being hung up on a specific person or being hung up on an outcome like it, it doesn't you know you can have the conversation without needing it to go somewhere yeah yeah that's that's better mindset to go in with definitely Mm. takes the pressure off doesn't it yeah it's it's the the thing is it's, it's just the process so that basically there are enough single people there's someone there's plenty of people for everyone the problem is in finding them and and it's just a lot of the things that people go in with the barriers the needing like i need to know if this is a long-term relationship i need to know if 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 you're this or that 
they're the things that stop the connection. Connection. Yeah. Um, and all, if all you did was, this is who I am, this is what I'm looking for, is this you? Um, and if you just did that, and even if you were like, okay, um, you know, maybe I'm not attracted to you, but, we, you know, we could be friends. Or, um, and if you did that with enough people, someone's got a friend who's, who, you know, like they'll know someone who you'd be right for. My problem with that is, though, is like I could end up with friends with like all of these guys and then I meet the right person and I've got like 20 guy friends in my phone. (laughs) And Um, and then they're all still wanting a conversation, hoping that maybe it will go somewhere. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, I just find that. Yeah, it's it's both sides just being um, clear. Um, and and having and, and being able to listen and, and take what someone else says. Um, I don't yeah. know. I, I I do I think it it would be um, just like I'm not interested. You know, like, I, I don't feel there's chemistry, um, but I'm happy to chat. And then most most people really want to chat. Um, some will. Because the other problem is there's lots of people on dating sites who are just looking for a friend and not really have any interest in meeting anyone. Yeah, there's there's different dynamics, a lot of different dynamics going on, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I was watching this video the other day um, of a dating coach and she was saying that, um, oh gosh, it's just left my head. Oh, what did she say about online dating? Wait four hours. No, it'll come back to me afterwards. But it was, it was, it was something to do with what you just mentioned before. I don't know. People, it's, it is. I think the fear is, or at least for me, it's kind of like you know when you sort of build in that genuine connection with someone, and you sort of taking a slower approach to getting to know some key things about them. Uh, for me, it's just like you, I don't want to build sort of like this relationship with someone then it for not to work out, which is stupid because there's never going to find the one that works out if I keep doing that. But... Um, the less fear you have, the more the quicker it'll take and it's taking longer because of the fear. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the more um, like fear constricts you. Yeah. And when you, when you open up, but it, it, it's to do with it, what's really important is knowing that you can heal from pain. Like if you know that there's a process and the, the pain is really about a fear of it, not work, never happening. And knowing that if you can, so if you know that you can heal, you know that you can always find someone today, that takes away the fear and the anxiety. And then you can open up and you can um, be more... I'm fearing time. That's my problem. I need to just let go of the fear of time. Yeah. <laughs> I love I'm in there as well. <laughs> for, for women at my age, I think the, 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 even if you're aware you've got a fear of time... Your biology is telling you more is screaming at you all the time. Like yeah. from a, on a subconscious level, like this is it's mm. completely out of my control. Does that make sense? Because of like um, 
for babies, you think by the age of 40 or whatever. So even if I didn't have this fear, my biology would be instilling this fear in me anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think that that the biological is the only real fear. There is like, I think, remember that 29 is the most, um, 29 and 39 are the most people, like if you took an age, there's more people married at 29 and 39 than any other time because it's coming up to big milestones. Um, so yes, biologically, but I think you have to, I, I don't know, this is a difficult one, but you have to look at. I'm just going to have to try and keep my fear in check and just let it, let things happen, I guess. It's yeah, so hard because you have those dreams and you see like time is running. It's like you feel like time is running out. It's like I don't really want kids. Like, because it's my, my son's 12. So I don't really want more children because I love the ages at the moment. And I love babies and I love kids. But now it's, I kind of feel like, you know, he's a lot more depend, independent and I can do a lot more things and I'm enjoying life and... Um, I enjoy spending time with him. We can do a lot of things together that are more adulty, and I just yeah, I don't really want kids because of my partly because of my age. If, if it was if it, my son was a lot younger, I'd probably want more. Um, but all men want kids. Like my therapist said, why don't you try somebody older that's already got kids? So I tried somebody older that's already got kids, and he still wanted more kids. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i've gone for somebody older again that's got kids and he wants more kids but we've not had the conversation yet whether it's like a really you know he's dead set on having more kids or not so i just have to wait and see i, I suppose see really like if you, if everyone was open transparent um and you met enough people but typically it's like the fear it's like the fear stops you from really connecting with people and because of that fear it means it's harder like people have got masks up and you can't see who the one is um but if you could if you interacted with enough people with transparency then like the speed of like the speed of finding someone that you're going to have a lasting relationship would be quicker. Um, but it's, it's, it's like fear and everything that holds us back. It's, it's, you know, like public speaking, like nobody wants to speak, um, because no one wants to stand out in the same way. No one wants to, um, feel rejected, but the rejection is really only a story in our head. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's not necessarily a rejection. It's just not what's best for each person. Yeah, I mean, rejection is really projection. It's 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 not. It's, it seems personal, but it's not. No, it's not. I think that's one of the biggest lessons and one of the biggest mantras to kind of hold on to a lot of the time is, even if it seems like it's the most personal thing ever, even if it is the most personal thing ever, don't take it personally. Because yeah, exactly. when we don't take it personally, it's, it removes us from all of the. I don't know how to explain it. You know what I mean, don't yeah. you? It's because we're inherently selfish. Like 
biologically we can't help it um and we can only look out in the world in our eyes and so we make a story about the world and the way that we make the story about the world is we're the star we're the central character so when we get hurt is that not from childhood though do we not grow out of that um or is that are you talking even even with no, fully grown adults we were talking about like you know the spiritual competition um about yeah but is this not is this not adults who have not developed past a certain stage though um not many adults develop past that stage from a, from a conscious perspective, I can't say that it never comes up for me because, you know, even for myself, it comes up, but I'm aware of it and it's not something that I want to do. It kind of is just like, um, a, it just comes up naturally. And then when I notice it, it's like, I know this is wrong. This doesn't feel right. I don't want to be like this with other people. Um, don't we develop past that? Um we can we can over, like override it but but unless we've given it a lot of conscious thought we the story we're going to make up is going to have us as the central character and when we're the central character it means that rejection is about us it means when we get hurt it means it's about us not being lovable all of that stuff means that you're making yourself the star of the story when actually you were the supporting character in that story i get where you're coming so, from i can see how a lot of people would think like that so whenever i i i think it's i think it's default i think if you're really conscious um and think it through but there's a level of conscious awareness and then there's a level that we operate at and so our emotions are typically on def on like default yeah. Um, that we think as little as it's like cognitive economy that we think as little as we have to, because we, uh, we have to keep our brains. Yeah, a lot of it goes into autopilot. Yeah. And so that autopilot says, this is about me. They yeah. did this because it was me. Um, they, and really. Stan Tatkin's really good at helping with that concept. Yeah. Out helping people out of that sort of thinking. Yeah, um, I've 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 read a couple of his books, but I've read them on audio because I don't always take it all in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, um, I need to I need to really pay more attention to his his stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's good. The, the, another yeah, yeah, another he was mentioning about the uh, the nervous systems. Another concept, big concept that he has is the couple bubble. So that it's about creating this safe space for each other. And that um, it calls, it says it in the foxhole together or something like that. And it's basically mutually agreed on things that when you're together alone, that you don't, you, you create um, sort of boundaries with each other for out when you're out together and you pre-plan everything basically and say, please yeah. don't do this because this will hurt me here. And, you create that couple bubble where you know when you're together, you're safe. Um, I remembered that woman, the, the dating thing that I was watching. She said when she was dating, she said she always went in with this mind frame that there's lots of good men out there. 
she said because if she would have gone in dating with the mind frame of men are you know they're all going to hurt me or they're all bad or she would never have enjoyed her dates but because she had this of you know men are inherently good you know there's lots of nice men out there um, that treat women well and blah 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 so she went out and all of it she had good experiences in her dates because of her mind frame that she went in with um, yeah. so I think it's really good I think a lot of it is about the mind frame that we go in with with it with into things with it is and 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 i think what where a lot of fear comes from is there we we we've come from a, a christian culture where there's good and bad and when people do bad things we judge them as bad whereas actually most people do bad things when they're afraid and they do good things when they're not afraid and it's just fear yeah um and it's it's when i'm talking about connecting it's connecting to the goodness in people and then they will be they'll more likely to be good to flourish good yeah yeah and it's it's like it's a bit of a dance that you can bring out the worst in someone you can bring out the best in someone and it's about bringing out the best it's not necessarily like when I said you, you, you're looking and evaluating someone and sort of judging their character, it's not necessarily them as a person, but it's within that bubble. Can you create the best? And I think for, for me, it's about where they're heading, what they want in their life. If they're on their own self-development journey and they're on their own character development journey and whatever, like the flaws aren't going to matter so much because they're always going to be working on themselves regardless of my input or not. I would see myself as just someone to support, help bring that out of them. Yeah. Just as long as it's actual change and not just talking about change. You yeah. Know, like we, we had they're before. already on some sort of, they're doing something in their lives that says that they actually are making the effort. Yeah. Which, which I think really is about your ability to live with fear and manage fear. Yeah. Because when you when you because what stops growth is fear. Yeah, no, it does. That's why one of the really good grounding techniques that Stan Tatkin talks about in Wired for Dating is to notice the fear and when you fear, you know, you start tensing up and just to, you know, breathe and relax because then you show us a more authentic side of yourself rather than somebody who's responding to fear. Hmm. Does he give you like breathing techniques? Um, yeah, so there's like breathing techniques and just, you know, become aware of your muscles and he even says, yeah, I didn't do this step, but, you know, sort of have a fake date with a friend and see how you feel like, you know, sort of practicing for an interview type of thing, like to sort of do a pre pre run before in a, in a, you know, and he talks about, you know, making sure you've got an, had a good night's rest before you go. Don't be late. Uh, make sure that that where you meet is not too loud. Um, just, you know, just all the little sort of, the little things that sort of help sort of yeah. create the environment for something good to come out of. Yeah, I think maturity is seeing what could happen and being prepared to deal with it early. So you can either do that from experience, you can have an experience and learn from it, like a bad experience, then you learn from it, 
or you can pre-plan. Like you can't plan everything, but you can prepare for. Mm-hmm. So like there is, there is a theory that why we dream is preparing us for social situations. So if you've got something coming up, you'll tend to have dreams about how you would deal with this situation. And there's a theory that we're wired to learn through our dreams. That's why we dream. Is that, I always thought that it was just worry manifesting itself in dreams. Um, well, it's a theory, but it's a theory that um, we, like dreams is, is, we have what's on our mind that we know what's got, we've got to deal with. And um, we dream about context relevant to that. So that teaches us what we would do. So that there's, So we're still I mean, learning within that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you like play out the scenario, like you said, like the fake date, but in a dream, you're kind of doing it, seeing what would play out. And then it's developing the neurology to be able to deal with it. That's interesting. I think we've pretty much covered treating the mean for this week. We're probably going to have to go over it next week when uh, maybe we've got some more, some more vigorous debaters for it. What I I had planned actually was to get everyone who thought yes in one room, everyone who thought no in another room and then have a debate to try and develop both arguments. But we'll see you next week. Um, before we go, has anyone got any burning comments, questions? No, I just want to say thank you for myself for yeah. you put my mind at rest a lot. Give me a bit oh. of sort of I don't know if confidence is the right word. You've helped me reset myself a little bit, ready for the future. Thank you. Oh, good. Well, thank you for being here. Um, yeah, I, I think the biggest, it's like, I can't remember the quote, but it's like every war is won first in your own mind. You have to fight yourself before you, anyone else. And it is really all in, your, all in our heads, everything. And if we can get out of our own way, um, then other people will be who they are, but it's just we navigate around them. And as long as we keep ourselves safe physically and emotionally, then, um, you know, like we can deal with anything. It's knowing that you we can deal with everything. Yeah, it's that, yeah. The two points you made about is it boils down to fear and that the other thing um, is that remember you can heal from, if you can heal from whatever, you can heal from whatever comes up in the future. So if something bad happens, it happens, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, healing is a process. Um, and when you know that you can heal, it, it just gives you confidence. You're not afraid of being hurt. Mm. And then when you know that you can date and you can find someone, then you don't have that scarcity of I've got to stay in this relationship or whatever. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's I think that's the two fundamentals from a personal point yeah. of view. Well, for me, it's more like um, if I do get attached to somebody, I can detach, and it doesn't have to be the end of the world. I can still sort my emotions out and you know move on. Yeah. So so not to not so I don't stop myself from at least trying. Oh, yeah. It's it like detaching is just about the story, the story the, the the story that that character plays in your life, and when you change that story, you change the attachment. Thanks. Okay. All right. Thanks everyone for being here, and hopefully see you next week. Thank you. Take care. Have a good thanks week. A lot. Bye. Bye. Bye.